Hi, I'm Daniel Spear. And I'm James Swazo. And you're listening to Long Beach Cheese Made, a podcast presented in collaboration with Forth.org. Vote, baby, vote. Do, 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 do. Vote, baby, vote. Do, 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 do. And that's vote, it. Vote, baby, vote. And then do, don't do, do anything do. else. Don't Are do anything else. Are you sick and tired of mailers and YouTube ads, baby? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I made a blanket out of Susie Price flyers. It's Ew, okay. Ew. That. It must, that sounds very It's very cold, yeah. <laughs> Are you ready? Are you, are you? No. <laughs> what? <laughs> we just finished an election. Oh, Congratulations yeah. We're on free. surviving. We're free. We're free for another two years. We're free for another, we you don't have to do anything, go home, sleep. Everything's fine. <laughs> How would you describe this election cycle? Um, a day before I had to cast my ballot, I looked at the Google Doc you put together of people to vote for. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I just filled it out real quick. <laughs> <looking at you. laughs> Using all your bubbles. <laughs> Thank you for your complete trust. <laughs> I was like, he knows who these people are. <laughs> these judges and what's the calls are. I mean, look, I had my, I, I had, I knew the big ones. I knew our mayor, <laughs> you know, I knew my district, you know, yeah. Joni and, and all that. And, yeah. and Fatima and all yeah. the people running in the places where I could vote. I feel like this election cycle was, well, like, like many, yes. was like the dumpster fire, right? Ah. But I feel like the dumpster mattered. <laughs> like ordinarily you pass um, a dumpster fire and you're like that's, that's not cute over, yeah. but then I was like no I feel like I need to push this dumpster somewhere yeah an yeah. inch to the left maybe <laughs> maybe an inch to the left maybe you right. know I love comparing bit. things to dumpster fires sure. and one time I was um, I was working with a bunch of researchers and I described something as a dumpster fire and oh they like God. stopped me and they are like what is a dumpster fire? And what I was you, like, come on, it. Context I like, clues. I was like, okay, well, how do I explain this to like an academic researcher? So, I mean, until you're explaining dumpster fires to yeah. academic researchers. You I know. feel like that's a very common thing <laughs> people say on the internet or whatever. Right? I yeah. was like, maybe I'm just too online. A trash all fire. The time. That's, I feel like you get it. Right. I don't know. Anyway. Like, yeah, you're walking down an alley, you see a dumpster <laughs> fire like that. It's not. I'm yeah. going to go the other yeah, way. Yeah, I don't know. That's a problem. Anyway, let's give some context because today we're going to actually break down kind of some key takeaways that I have yeah. in my own kind of personal world yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and everything in my own kind of analysis. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to cheese me a little bit we're around about this it. midterm election. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. so let me give some context too, just for you all. One, if you're like, we what? We had an election? <laughs> I, I don't. I wish I lived your way. And honestly, <laughs> if there was a way to. <laughs> or if you're like, yeah, I know there was an election and maybe mm. I did vote, but it was mm. just like a lot of last minute stuff, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And you're scrambling. Right. You don't, you don't know who's good or bad or whatever. <laughs> So what happened mm-hmm. on Tuesday, November 8th yeah. of 2022, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we had a midterm election nationally, right? Yes. So yeah. we had, you know, a lot of things going on nationally. Um, it's, it's a lot of uh, up in the air for not only like yeah. different states, but also at the congressional level. Um, but- and like... Just on a national level, I think John Oliver's last episode was about voter fraud accusations and oh, yeah. all the conservative stuff, like oh, all yeah. the Trump endorsed candidates and shit being like, we got to reinvestigate the 2020. I, yeah, election. I know that fool try, still trying to be relevant. Oh my God. He's uh. so locally, we here in Long Beach, we yeah. actually elected a mayor for a four year term. So mm-hmm. that was an open seat because our current mayor, uh, Robert Garcia, here. is going to Congress. Is that it? He's right. going to do Sunday Fundays at the, at the White House. <laughs> Or whatever imagine at the Congressional su- Hall or whatever. Imagine a Sunday fun day in Washington, DC. <laughs> so we, in addition to a mayor citywide, we also elected a city attorney, city prosecutor. Now we had a primary election yeah. in June, yeah. so those candidates won outright. So that's mm-hmm. why we didn't have them on the November ballot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we also had some local ballot measures, and mm-hmm. we also elected city council members in odd districts. Yes. So How do you remember how many council members are in Long Beach? Nine. Oh, good job. Nine, I mean, I was in the gold, ninth district, gold and that's, the, <laughs> that's how it goes. So I was like, that's how many. Yeah. <laughs> that's one way to remember. Yeah, so, I'm yeah. in the last one. <laughs> yeah, well, good job. I'm North proud Long of you. Beach, yeah. So nine city council districts. Every two years, we trade off between odd districts, electing odd districts, and then even districts. So okay. this year, uh, we elected odd districts. That yeah. means one, three, uh, five. <laughs> oh, boy. Real skills time. <laughs> I know. I was giving me myself. shit. <laughs> 
Do you know how many there are? You know what numbers are? Uh, one, three, <laughs> five, seven, seven, and nine. Hey, Thank you. Orale, all right. I know. I know. You got it. I studied English in college. Yeah. Math is hard. Yeah, but they teach you one, <laughs> one through nine. <laughs> anyway, so we had uh, so we had elected city council members as well. Yeah. Now, some of basically the way council district uh, council elections, actually city elections in Long Beach work, is when we have our primary election right. in June. Mm-hmm. If no during Pride can, Month. Yeah, if a candidate gets uh, 50% plus one of the vote, then, then they good. win outright. They're good. But in some cases, there were candidates who nobody got because there were so many. Yeah. They, nobody got the 50% plus exactly. one threshold. So then it goes to a runoff in this actual mm-hmm. general election. Yeah, spend that extra bit of money. Right, yeah, right. So and endure the mailers and whatnot. God, so yeah. We really dragged this one out. <laughs> so we had some fun showdowns this go around. Yeah. And, you know, there's there's a lot to be said. There's, mm-hmm. I mean, there was a lot of different races. We're not going to go through all of them, but I thought for the purpie of this episode. The purpie? The purpie purposes. Oh. You know, yeah. Get with it. Come on, follow. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Knock, my, knock my reading. I don't know that one. <laughs> I thought I'd share. Sounds like a Pokemon. <laughs> I thought I'd share my like three big takeaways from this yeah. midterm election. Okay. So um, we'll go into it and dive into it. Yeah. You ready for it? I'm ready. Let's spill all the on me. about it. So what's up? Who, was, who won? So... <laughs> Big takeaway yeah. we have to talk about because it's like I don't want to bury the lead anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is the measure E? e- no, no. <laughs> we're gonna get there. But we had a mayor's race, right? And we have a new mayor, Susie Price and versus Rex Richardson. I want to talk about the defeat of Susie Price. Yeah, because I think yeah, there's a lot. So, and yeah. just to be clear, at the time of this recording, we're recording it's Saturday, November twelfth. So you know we don't have finalized and certified election results, but basically Rex um, Richardson who is the current vice mayor, uh, ran against Susie Price, uh, another city council member. As of today, Rex is up to 54% to Susie's 45%. Yeah. T- statistically speaking, like, the trend, he the, he's leading and getting more votes. The gap is widening. Like, yeah. there's no way it's that not, she can close it's it. It's not going to happen. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in all intents and purposes, Rex has already been like, I'm the winner, right? Yeah. So Susie hasn't acknowledged it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Today, yeah. But- <laughs> That's funny. That's very funny. <laughs> I know. Everyone's always yeah. like, you know what? We're going we're gonna to do our due diligence. We're gonna and wait. The votes and and every vote has to be counted, and then it's like, it's like yeah, they, we know the guy who's like one though. He's though. like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let me like give you an idea, just yeah. a little bit of like what the field was like, right? Because okay. it kind of was like a bloodbath. So a bloodbath, really? Yeah. So okay. I mean, in Rex, what makes you say that? Yeah. Let's so get into that. In Rex Richardson's camp, you had you know a huge swath of organized labor. Mm-hmm. You had like the Democratic establishment that's like really like yeah. rallied around like Robert Garcia and yeah. a lot of other, um, basically the Democratic establishment that like has power in Long Beach. And he's right? had a presence in the city for a long time. He has. Yeah. He also had like you know. A, a large swath of you know liberals in the city. Yeah. I mean, especially in Long Beach, like you're just a different shade of blue, right? Sure. Like, the Republicans are so minimal in the city, sure, right? Sure. Um, and you also had a lot of like progressive community groups that were also behind Rex, right? Mm. I mean, I think in Long Beach, we'll talk a little bit more about it, but yeah. I think you have to acknowledge that there's um, a growing progressive movement in the city. Sure. And so like. You know, partly because of like Rex's politics, but also yeah. partly because of Su- who Susie Price is. Right. It you was had like people coalescing. It's more like yeah. It's not Rex is not a even well, even a great candidate <laughs> or even a good point, one. You right? know. <laughs> so you have those folks behind Rex, behind Susie Price. You have the police unions, the, the Long cops, Beach Police the uh, Officers Association. You, you got the popo. Of, you you got have the cops, all of the business interests. You got the fuzz. <laughs> you have the you know the the Chamber of Commerce groups. Sure. You have Bob Foster Money. and all of his you know cronies. So we're talking about really. Folks. You have all of the people who like used to have power, like the rich, whiter, wealthier gotcha. interests in the city. They were Bob Foster. Specifically, like the person who used to be mayor, he endorsed you know. her officially. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah officially that. endorsed. He used to be mayor before Robert Garcia. Yeah. Um, and you also had like you know the the conservatives in Long mm. Beach, also a Republican establishment behind yeah. Susie Price. Mm-hmm. You also had moderate Democrats, like yes. like I said, you're different shades of there's, blue. There's a lot of people who saw Susie Price. Who yeah. Were like, oh, woman. like the Patrick O'Donnells <laughs> and the Al Austins of Long Beach all got behind. Yeah. Susie Price. And it's also a thing of like I think fairly, you know, 
with people that aren't as politically connected, you know, the whole reason we make this podcast is to be like, these are what these people yeah. are doing, and here's what their yeah. policies are, and this is what they've done, you know? I will point out, though, like, I think it's it's very fair to say that there were developers across both camps, because mm-hmm. the developers, just for their own self-interest, yeah. are like, look, we want to make money. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. It doesn't matter who gets elected. Landlords like, and gonna, shit are like, you know, I'm going to pick the, the horse that's going to win, you yeah. know? <laughs> and, and, you know, for all intents and purposes, both candidates were very open to developers yeah. and developer money in this race. So. You got to be real about that. And yeah. That's why we, we we don't say like, oh boy, Rex won. Yay, we did it. You know, it's not that. Well, and I will say like, I think there is a bit of like, I think there's a lot of opportunity. So let's talk about that, okay. right? Of okay. getting into that. Because I think, so you have these like, you know, camps that, are, they're, that have been set up. And I think for Susie to, for all of these camps that historically have been behind Susie Price that mm. have had power, mm. like not like they, they, they are losing it, right? They've had it. Yeah. And they are, it is like drifting away, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we tweeted the other day the video of like when the POA and Bob Foster oh, yeah. team up behind a mayoral yeah. and they yeah, fall yeah. into the fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this is back in the day it was like, oh, if you want to win, you need to be endorsed by the POA. That's true. Right. That's true. And even even as recently as we say back in the day, I mean like 10 years ago. Yeah. Right? Like and you actually, know? And I don't I don't know that she was the first candidate, but Janine Pierce, who when she ran for city council in the second district, yeah. she was one of the first candidates. Um, or at least one of those in recent times to yeah. not be endorsed by the POA yeah. and actually win. Yeah. Right? Like there's there's so Which, much to be said at like the um the people who used to have power in the city, right. it's dwindling. Right. And it's also a thing of like that also doesn't mean that Rex is gonna like bend over backwards to like, you know, put up a fight against the police. No. When those mailers came out that were like, Rex supports defunding the police. And right. he was like, No, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't, everybody. Which, so I'm glad you mentioned that because yeah. I think one thing to point out that I find hilarious was how much the whole like quote unquote defunding the police strategy Narrative. played into this. Yeah. And I think it's really early at this time to really tell. Like sure. I would hope if any like statistical or like sociologists, political science people are listening to this, yeah. somebody do a study or a case study on this that'd be fascinating to know yeah. because there was like how does that whole, affect people there was some was, people that got that mailer and were like oh cool like right. I'm gonna vote for Rex like so, you know so for if you're not familiar let me give some context to that yeah. so you know Rex famously like and I mean him and I have had direct conversations about this he said it publicly many times he's not mm. a proponent of defunding the police he's not right we know that about Rex yeah yeah and yeah it would be really a, cool if he was <laughs> it would be cool we would love to support you <laughs> we would you, love Rex. it yeah. oh that'd be great anytime but there was a huge attempt um from the Susie Price, uh, the PAC supporting Susie right. Price. Right. It wasn't her specifically, right. but it was it the PAC supporting her. Right. And mostly Bob Foster's PAC mm. um, sending mailers saying, Rex Richardson wants to defund the police. Yeah. yeah. Right. Scary stuff. Right. right. And I did, I, just, I even saw some tweets of people were like, I just got this mailer and I'm definitely voting for Rex because exactly. of that. Exactly. These groups and, and interests that have had power for so long are yeah. so out of touch with the changing well, it's attitudes like, and demographics. If you are going to make a mailer like that, you got to be real careful who you're sending it to, yeah. <laughs> right? You gotta right. be real, you gotta be like, okay, who's like maybe gonna... And also, that's just fear-mongering. Like, yeah. that's what conservatives yeah. and like, honestly, that's also what like yeah. fascists do all the time. Threatening us with a good time? <laughs> no, <laughs> Would be really cool if you did believe it's that. It's fear-mongering tactics to drum up like racial anxiety, to drum up fear. Yeah. Like, that's what Trump did, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. and I think people are just seeing that for what it is, yeah. right? It's I mean, also, it's a different w- political landscape in California yeah. than it is in the country. Patrick O'Donnell, when he... When and he's our current um, on this way out state assembly member. He just it didn't. Uh, he's termed out when he decided not announce that he wasn't going to run. He famously tweeted, "I'm looking forward to supporting a mayor who's not going to defund the police." Oh my God. Like that was their playbook, yeah, right? Yeah, and uh, nationally, like very few to almost none of the police departments have like lowered their budgets this year. Most of them across the nation have either stayed the same or like have gone up. Like that's just the, the way of things. But they're very good at like copagandizing and saying like, oh, the, the crime went up, defund the police movement happened, whatever, whatever. Yeah, that's, I mean, and this is, we're not surprised, right? Like right. the the Susie Price, the Bob Fosters, the Al Austins, the Patrick O'Donnells, yeah. they're, they're messaging to their base, which are these like, you know, wealthier, wider, or like, you know, uh, voters who are just much more comfortable, right? Sure. And like, yeah, we we, we need police, we right? Need it, we need yeah. more officers, in fact. Even people who are quote-unquote liberals are like very much like yeah. of that mindset yeah. of like, yeah. So I think the other thing that like I would be remiss if we didn't mention in talking about this mayoral race was just all of the immigrant rhetoric too, right? Which mm. actually like from a standpoint, like 
pre even like Robert Garcia, because Robert Garcia talked about it a little bit, but he didn't really have like a platform for immigrant rights per se. But mm. like immigrant rights was like never part of mayoral conversation in Long Beach, right? It was just like that wasn't, you know, part of uh, it just wasn't part of the electoral strategy, right? Yeah. And not only did you have like Rex putting out like a immigrant like policy platform, you had Susie Price campaigning on like, I'm an immigrant, right? That's, I mean, identity politics is a strategy. I think they, maybe it's, I mean, you can right. speculate about why they went with that route, right. but it's also like, we just had a mayor who a lot of people were like, his strategy rested on that. 100%. And maybe they were like, okay, well, if he did that and it worked, then I can do it and then maybe it'll work for me. 100%. Yeah. And there there was a really good op-ed that was published a couple weeks before Election mm. Day where four undocumented um, community organizers in Long Beach wrote about, like, why Susie Price is dangerous and pointed mm. out the fact that, like, she voted against yeah. the Long Beach Justice Fund, which right. would have provide, which does provide uh, free legal representation to community members facing deportation. Mm. Like, so many of her, the things that she has voted on from housing yeah. you know, to immigrant rights and beyond. It's just been anti-immigrant. So to have somebody yeah. with the rhetoric of like, I'm looking I'm out for immigrant. immigrants. Look at me, yeah. Like, I think there was a lot of like, the the this runoff election, which is what it was for the mayor race, it's called yeah. runoff, yeah. yeah. This round, you know, when there were more candidates, it yeah. was a little more like light, like I think, like the messaging on everything. Like it was constant and the mailers yeah. were constant and that's when we got the, the Rex Richardson defunded the police even right, right, right. like right. mailers. Yeah. But leading yeah, that's a good up, point. We didn't get it in yeah. this uh, runoff election. In the runoff election, it felt a lot like when you have an essay due the night <laughs> tomorrow, and you're just like cramming and shit. I felt like the last three days leading up, it was just like mm, this is what you shouldn't do. Uh, this is Rex, and, uh, and I was hearing all of their shit like in the yeah. last like three days. You know, it got it got pretty wild the last dicey, like, pretty pretty desperate the last week. But yeah. you know, I think all that to say that I think the big takeaway that I'm thinking about this, and especially thinking about like you know. I mm-hmm. honestly, legit, like, I think uh, a Susie Price mayoral admin would have been a big step backwards, I think, in the, the direction that Long Beach has been going. Like, we got a lot of work to do, and couldn't get me wrong, right? Like, uh, so, you know, sure, yeah, we're not sitting pretty because it's Rex now. Or but whatever. I think it speaks to the fact that, like, overall in the city and very much across the country, like, demographics and attitudes are shifting, right? Yeah, um, we're you, out. And, and to this broader point, like, all the folks that were back behind Susie, like, these— um, wealthier and, to be frank, whiter yeah. interests are losing power and influence that, you know, I think about all the other episodes we talked about, like, mm. we talked about it in the jungle, we talked about it with yeah. all, like, the history of redevelopment in the city, like, the yeah. folks who had power historically yeah. are losing it, yeah. right? And I think— a little, Here's the thing, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> like, you know, like, there's still, bit. like, cops are still copping. And, cops are still cops, <laughs> yeah. but they got to, like, actually work. <laughs> and they, 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 they have to—people are actually looking at them now, you know? Yeah. Right. In and a way that they weren't even 15, 10 years ago. Right. And, I mean, a lot of this, too, I will link the tweets in the show notes, too, but I was—especially on Election Day, I was looking <laughs> at all the returns. fire tweet. No, <laughs> no, no, no. The oh, tweets okay. from people about reporting that Gen Z at the polls, like, mm. nationally, were, like— 28 points more democratic than, like, all the other age groups, right? I mean, just, like, fiercely democratic, right? Like, people, young people ages 18 to 29 who are coming out to vote. Which, by the way, like, I'm sure a lot of those people are like, I'm Democrats because we only got two options, and this is the only one that's, like, better than the other one, yeah. Right, right. So, you know, I think there's, like, things, all those attitudes are shifting and changing, Mm -hmm. you know? And, like, especially for the, um, when you think about, like, the progressive organizing movement in the city, like, we've covered some of the stories on our podcast here and we're talking about like all the labor issues all of the different um community campaigns like you know rex couldn't be mayor if it wasn't for that movement in the city right and i I think you have to also acknowledge that like long beach that progressive organizing movement in long Mm. beach is really different from other places like we're not like la or chicago or new york or oakland where you have legacies of organizing in years and years like it's still kind of like in its infancy here right Mm. So, like, actually, Stefan pointed out on our podcast, right? Like, Robert Garcia was one of the first mayors who had, like, organized left opposition showing up being like, this isn't good enough, right? Right. And I was like, what do you do with that? That's only been, yeah. Right? And, like, that's not going away. That is just going to continue. No, hopefully. I mean, that's what our 
little podcast is like trying to do is catch you up to speed. This is uh, this is the cliff notes of Long Beach. That's what we. That was the other title we had for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right. So oh, that, did you? Other, I also want to. You're talking about younger skewing like uh, voters and and congressional people and stuff like. We yeah. had the first Gen Z con- congressman in the nation or whatever. Or yeah. Like that got elected. Yeah. And then somebody pulled did up his tweet like- from 2013, <laughs> and it's like a, we love Ariana Grande. Yeah. And we're like, oh, the first fucking stand in office. Listen, <laughs> listen, representation matters. I was so. fucking dying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gonna we give us a yeah in the Congress. If I get, oh my god. Oh, so good. Uh, All that to say that I think the bigger picture here, right? I always think of what Nada Tushnet says, a longtime OG in the organizing mm, community. Mm. We're halfway home with a long way to go. Yeah, right. So the second thing I want to that I'm taking away from this election. The second thing. We're on, they're on thing two. It's 20 minutes. <laughs> exactly. Is Ian Patton. Ian Patton. Uh, <laughs> okay. So there was a, one of the districts, the city council districts that was up for election was the fifth district. Right. So the fifth district is really interesting. It's, it, it Wasn't it, uh, what's his fucking faces? Stacey Mungo. Yeah. Stacey Mungo. So, I was going to say super now. <laughs> Oops. No. Oops. So the fifth district um, currently has been represented by Stacey Mungo, who mm. has been historically you know, conservative. Yeah, I mean yeah. she's an actual she's Republican. An actual Republican, actual Republican yeah, yeah, right? Carrying. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so what happened in the fifth district is during the redistricting process, mm. it changed dramatically. Oh. So because of all of these, um, the increase in population and density, and in mm. the downtown area and North Long Beach and all these changes, the fifth district basically like morphed a lot and. Mm. So it opened up this kind of like new opportunity. And based off the returns so far, like it's actually going to be represented by a Democrat if if the the trend still holds. Okay. So, but what's interesting about about this though is that um, this race went to a runoff between uh, Megan Kerr, who's the leading um, candidate right now. She's a Democrat. Okay. And then against Ian Patton. Talk about (laughs) about this man for for me and everybody else. So if you're a fan of the pod, you've heard Ian's name before. Because he's been mentioned a couple times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so currently, so Ian, a little bit of background. Ian is with, he's one of the like organizers, mm-hmm. co-founders, have you will, with the Long Beach Reform Coalition. So this Ooh. is a really interesting group because it sounds like, yeah, we, like we can just name anything, anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's this like very interesting kind of populism where like uh-huh. it's like city hall doesn't represent us right uh-huh. but more cops we need more cops but also like we need more parks right parks are good yeah yeah but Ooh. also like there's a homelessness problem so we need tiny homes oh <laughs> Okay, all right. So I love it. So, uh, all right. Fourth did a Sounds really good write up yeah. about um, Ian Patton and kind of his campaign. Mm-hmm. I love this line, this idea about it. Uh, it says, quote, maybe he's the Holden Caulfield of Long Beach politicos, snide swipes at City Hall phonies, belying a deep yearning for authenticity. Uh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I just love maybe. that. Maybe. I listen, libertarians, God bless you. Like, you're really just putting on two left shoes and going for it. (laughs) 100%. It gets a little more interesting, though. Okay. Okay, so one of the things I want to point out that's also mentioned in the fourth article is that unlike other members of Ian Patton's cohort of anti-establishment, slow-growth, anti-tax civic activists, Ian Patton is a lifelong Democrat who has been the uh, has been on the front row of Long Beach's transformation into a deep blue town, beginning with his volunteer days for the late state legislator Betty Carnett. She's like a OG, Um, and that was his first job in politics as a staffer for the late Congressperson Juanita Melinda McDonald. Interesting. So there's a really funny YouTube clip. I want to play a clip for you. YouTube video. I've referenced it before. We'll put it in the the show notes so you can watch it all of its glory. It is a a young reporter with a newly founded Long Beach Post um, news site. The young reporter is named Robert Garcia. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) I knew it. Robert Garcia. How many episodes are we going to have about this man? I know, I know. Bear with me. So it's Robert Garcia at the uh, California Democratic Convention. Yeah. They're making endorsements in the 54th District Assembly what race. What year is this? This is in, that's a great question. What year is it? This is in, <laughs> you got to know that shit. This is uh, 14 years ago. So, so 2008? Yeah, 2008. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's the Obama. endorsement between Bonnie Lowenthal and Tonya Reyes Uranga. And so. Uh, oh, you told me about this. Yeah. So yeah, they've, yeah. they Robert's going around the room and interviewing people.
people. Yeah. And one of the people he interviews is Ian Patton. Okay. <laughs> Real nerd shit, man. Yeah, so just imagine in this climate, Robert Garcia casually just like, hey, Ian, mm-hmm. let me ask you some questions. What do you mm-hmm. think about this process so far? So he asked, him, he asked Ian, like, you know, yeah. oh, let me play the clip. You'll see. Okay. Ian, how are you doing? So I'm doing well, but I'm very disappointed in this process. I, uh, I think it's far too civil. Okay. And um, I'm starting to get a little bored. Okay, so you want you want more you want you want more uh, fighting? But I still have high expectations for the remainder of our time here. Uh, I think it's uh, okay. Looking forward yeah. to it. All right, all right, Ian. <laughs> Why does he talk like a uh, fucking like tech bro? Like, there's that kind of like, oh, well, is fair. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's so interesting. <laughs> yeah, what is that voice? Yeah, his his voice is a very kind of like, it's very kind of like matter of fact. You know, right? it's but Patrick like, Bateman from American Psycho. That's what it is. <laughs> That's what, like when he's talking, when he's trying to be like a normal guy. You know, is that energy? Yeah, though? it's like no, I really think you got to consider. It like, is it's that energy. Kind of shit. Anyway, right. right. <laughs> so I mean, but his rhetoric is so like it reminds. He's one of those people where I'm like, I can agree with you. Up to a point, and yeah. then right when you get to the like the homes, like the home plate, I'm just like mm. you fall flat. You know, no, that's a lot of libertarian things. It's yeah, like, yeah, libertarians as a whole, it's just a lot of I don't know. <laughs> you know that energy you have when you're like in in high school, and you're right. like, I want to think the different thing, so, you know, so or like I'm gonna be a moderate. I think I'm different. I'm right. a free thinker, and it's like, mm. well, so here's a good point. So here's one of the quotes uh, from the same article I've been talking about that Ian says. He says, quote, you're never going to have a majority of people pay attention to every facet of local affairs because it's just too complicated. True. Uh, Patton said about the general public's awareness of how local government actually works. True. And All right. Goes so I'm walking to the home plate. And then he goes there. on to say, once you see what's going on in Long Beach, you can never unknow what you know. And then also there's true. no way out of it. That's also true. Which is like. <laughs> Listen, I feel that, man. I'm going to be honest. I feel that shit. I do, but it also. I do, but. I would push back on you, though, because like Why? I do feel that because I'm also like, then to you, there's just like no, there's no. And like, what is the end game to it, right? Like, I think part of organizing is like, you have to like, okay, you acknowledge it for what it is. You acknowledge that it's messed (laughs) up. So then let's change that and make it better and make it Uh, more accessible to people. That's not what this MO is about, Mm, right? Yeah, it's kind of like, yes, but you are also running for office and trying to gain power. So wouldn't it like be good if you could like use that power to like actually affect change or something? Right. I mean, and so like Ian actually even did like the fourth primary, um, fourth primary questionnaire. Right. And in it, he's like, he's a very proud NIMBY, not in my backyard. Um, you know, he's, his income primarily comes from owning and managing rental property. (laughs) Oh, so he's a fucking (laughs) landlord. Yeah. Primarily, um, huh? He calls caps on annual rent increases disastrous. <laughs> um, he believes that the city's minimum wage should not be abused as a tool to attempt to raise wages above the market rate wage for unskilled labor. This is the shit. Like, you say the first thing, and I'm like, oh, cool, yeah, you fuck the system. And he's like, but all the things See? that the system does, I love them. Check I your love ass. them you so like, much. Check your ass. You were like, I like him. No, I didn't say I like him. Listen, that's the thing with libertarians, man. I like the shit they say, and then they're like, and that's why we should fucking never... Increase the minimum wage. That's why driver's licenses should be illegal. That's why fucking no, no, yeah. It's fucking like they're like I don't believe in handicap parking. Like I'm like what the fuck, dude. And so, but that's is, real. Those are real libertarian beliefs that I just said. Dead ass. I the other day I had breakfast of. Very well-known restaurant in Bixby Knowles yeah. with some coworkers. I got there early. It was mm-hmm. like they had just opened, and it was like two weeks before the election. Yeah. And this family comes in. I'm just like kind of eavesdropping because I'm like right next to them in the booth. Yeah. And they were talking about like how they're all going to vote. And this yeah. woman is like, oh, yeah, there's that constitution amendment on um, abortion, mm. abortion rights and all okay, that. Okay. And she was like, yeah, I support abortion, but uh, does it really need to be in our constitution? What? For what? <laughs> For what? I was like, you know what? That's 100 sons of the energy of a libertarian. Here in yeah, and, big spinoles. You know, politicians. I, I know it's not everyone, but I'm just like, oh, come should we on, have a good? I believe on. in the good policy, but if it, you know, if we are actually writing over things old white men said, then I don't believe in it. I don't know what the fuck that means. I don't know either. I what was, is your hesitation there? I was like, you know what? I just want my omelet, and I want to get out of here. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I, uh, I, I I do want to entertain you with one more video from uh, because I, as I mentioned, you know the Cue fifth district has been like dramatically redrawn. And if you're like under like, what does that mean per se? Yeah, I actually think for all intents and purposes, Ian does a really good job describing mm-hmm. like what how like what the district is made up of. So uh, he did it. The Long Beach Post hosted an online debate with him and Megan Kerr. Okay. He knows how to talk. He knows how to talk. He knows so. how to talk, and he says things that, like, oh, I agree with that. But then you look at his actual policies, and they fucking suck ass. <laughs> so let me—I want to play this for you, this little clip about him explaining a little bit of his perspective of the 5th District. It's a great district. I, I can kind of identify with the entire district. It's very similar throughout to the area that I grew up uh, in Bixby Knolls and Cal Heights. It's basically suburban. It's low-density, single-family zone neighborhoods. It's people that have— quite a high quality of life and they've earned that life. They've worked hard. They've raised their families. They've done a lot to invest in these communities and what they see are similar issues. Now they see a homeless crisis that was utterly unthinkable when I was a youngster in the eighties and the nineties in this city that is sprawled throughout the city and throughout the fifth district. They are seeing uh, an inability to have public safety because we only have Uh, basically one police officer at any given time per beat, which is 10,000 residents. And so they see increasing property crime. They see small businesses, which are being smashed in and taking tens of thousands of dollars of losses and wondering whether they should even stay in the city, which has such a a climate which is not favorable to small business. So It sucks. I hated every moment of that. <laughs> but I, like, this is like, I mean, this is the kind of stuff that really gets me jazzed about organizing, right? Because I think, like, when you think about the core of like what, yeah. you know, our, our, how the world and how Long Beach could be different, right? It's going against <sighs> this idea of like personal responsibility. I yeah. worked hard, I therefore worked hard. I deserve for I other it. people to be exploited and suffer for all these other different kinds I wanna of I want to fucking. I like the 5th District, every resident in there I like, and then you're like, but the homeless, they're a blight. <laughs> Bruh, you're not in, yeah. they're your residents, period. Like, it is point, though, of like, I, you know, back to, this would have been unthinkable, and it's like, dang, yeah. I wish I could live in a world where that would have been unthinkable to me, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, God. Like, yeah, but I think that just perfectly encapsulates. What do you think that is, dog? <laughs> You're fucking raising the rents and shit, and right. you're fucking like yeah. not allow it. You're against minimum wage raises. Like, <laughs> how the fuck did we get here? Like, and I also, I also don't want to paint this as uh, just like you know, like 100. Don't don't get it twisted. Like, I I do not agree with Ian's rhetoric. Right? Mm. He also like we've talked about it before in the pod. Played a really big role in um, fighting against and pushing back get against density and adding more um, more density, more housing in the land use element. So he was aligned with. With like Robert Fox, we talked about him. No more homes. <laughs> Wait a minute, why are there so many homeless here? <laughs> he was. Uh, if you remember our recent Robert Garcia episode, Ian Patton is also the one who um, intervened and went to the court when Janine Pierce, former was, council member, was mm. trying to get a restraining order. Yeah, and I mean, like, it's fucked up. I don't like this fucking guy. <laughs> and I think, I guess, to s- summarize all of it, right? Ian and even says this in the fourth article. To yeah. him, it's all about power and like credit where credit is due. At least Ian comes out and says it, right? Because yeah. that's exactly what this is. Like there I will is. say, a lot of people are really coy about it, but he knows what's at stake. It's about people mm-hmm. with the power to make decisions yeah. that actually have real impacts, right? Yeah. And like. Yeah, I, I want to keep people... the nice white families in suburbia happy. <laughs> yeah. Period, and fuck yeah. everybody else. Tiny homes and tiny homes. Your and... labor is unskilled. Yeah, you don't small business. More than Sixteen yeah. an hour. No, fuck that. Ugh. Ugh. All right. Anyway, this is now an my third e- Ian less... Patton hate podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so my third big takeaway is all of the, I don't even know if I can call them police reforms, but like the policing that was on the ballot. Yeah, there was a lot of things that were a lot like, of stuff. yeah. Go so ahead. like there's some big stuff that was part of it. So locally here in Long Beach, um, Measure E actually passed. So Measure E, mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember, was. Nope, I zipped through that <laughs> shit. <laughs> I was like, yes, 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 yes. Okay. So Measure E was a ballot measure that was put on by the city council mm-hmm. to basically 
replaced the Citizens Police Complaint Commission Which, with a police oversight commission and a police oversight director. Okay, so the the Citizens Police Complaint Commission yeah. don't have no power to do shit. So here's what happened. <laughs> Historically. So, after what's interesting, like the reason the, the Citizens Police Complaint Commission or the CPCC for short, yeah, yeah, yeah. why it came about was actually like community members organizing yes. because of how L- horrible LBPD yeah. was even back in the day, right? Yeah. So it was this effort to like actually have um, community community members, citizens appointed to this commission that would then be able, people would be able to file complaints, mm-hmm. right? They would conduct hearings, um, and they would be able to make recommendations to the city manager about how to proceed, right? Yeah. So from the get go, like it had some power, but not really a whole lot because mm-hmm. they didn't have, like they couldn't like necessarily fire police. No, officers, they can't. Right? The one thing you would want to be able to do. <laughs> Bare minimum is if a guy shoots somebody, you can fucking fire him. (laughs) And very similar to a lot of other things in the city, right? Like, Uh, they couldn't just, like, do things. Somebody had to complain and file and go through that whole process, right? And then we got to do a means-tested thing. Right. We got to decide, are cops bad? Is bullets, or do they hurt people? So, Literally, dude. So Measure E comes out of summer uprisings that happened in 2020, Mm. right? That that first year of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, And... Uh, you know, Rex Richardson uh, led this plan talking about uh, racial reconciliation. Mm. And so one of the recommendations out there was reform to the CPCC. Mm. So there was this whole process. It's fra- Honestly, it's probably a whole nother episode, yeah. which we could have future seasons. Yeah. If you really want to hear about it, let us know in the comments or send us a, a note or DM. Yeah. But basically what comes out of it is Measure E, mm. right? It's this whole plan that goes on the ballot. So, I mean, I think and it's um, winning so far by a very big margin. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, you know, it speaks to the fact that people want to see something different, right? Yeah. Now, in my opinion, like, it doesn't go far enough, no. right? Like, I think, well, let's, let's I'll save Tell my Tell me what, what it do, yeah. So basically <laughs> what, what this do? does, so it's a police oversight commission and a police oversight director. Okay. So this director has the ability to audit and the authority to audit all investigations that are completed by the police department. Okay. Um, they can review intakes of complaints, prepare yeah. annual reports, um, provide that to the city council and yeah. to the commission. Mm-hmm. Um, they could review like police department operations, policies, yeah. procedures, training, and then make those recommendations mm. to like the commission and the city council. Oh. They are tasked with having more oversight over Long Beach Police Department and working with like in, in the LBPD, they call it internal affairs. Mm. So they're the ones who like investigate all yeah, the yeah, yeah. You know, officer involved kind of things. So this got passed and how quickly did the LBPD start shredding papers? <laughs> Honestly, they're probably shredding shredding them right now. Probably shredding right now. They also have the authority to like be on the scene at like critical incidences um, and be authorized to like independently investigate complaints of like command staff. So I'm not hearing fire cops. No, no, absolutely not. And I mean, I think, you know, well, I think in the bigger scheme of things too, right? Like, legit, if you step back, right? Like, the end of the day, like the issue in the at least for me, right, mm-hmm, as like coming to this mm-hmm. like as an abolitionist, where it's like we have too much of a societal reliance on policing. We've yeah, talked about period. it like almost in every episode of this mm-hmm. pod, right? Like that's been the through line of a lot of things. And right, think, you know, right. Like yeah. we're not just going to be able to train our way out of this, yeah. right? And so a really good point to build off of that yeah. is also what happened in this election cycle at the county level. Okay. So one of the big things that happened is that uh, current LA County. Sheriff uh, Alex Villanueva is out. Out. He is done. So yeah. <laughs> this was, if you've been following, it's been a f- fucking a wild show. ride. Wild. Look show. at Alex Villanueva. Look at all the things he's done prior to this election. And yeah. The type of person he is and just... <laughs> She, all, so, all cops are bastard, but some are bastardier. Well, me, well, let me tell you, right? And just to give a little more context, too. So the L.A. County Sheriff's Department, um, they actually have jurisdiction over a lot of different parts of L.A. County, like the unincorporated parts of the county. Mm, so yeah. without getting too technical, there are parts of the county that are um, not actual cities. They're yeah. like unincorporated part of the county. The county well, famously, of that. Compton, is, that's their jurisdiction. Well, and there's also cities like Compton yeah. That actually outsource their policing right. to the county, right. so the sheriffs have dep- uh, have jurisdiction there as well. Mm. And like Men's Central Jail, our county jails are all run by mm. the sheriff's department. So okay. that's where you like see a lot of that in the media. Yeah. 
Four years ago, Alex Villanueva ran against um, then L.A. County Sheriff Jim McDonald, who used to be mm. the police chief in Long Beach uh, for Long Beach Police Department. Mm. So um, Villanueva came in as this like reform candidate because honestly, legit, Jim McDonald was horrible. Like it was, it was, you know, he was a horrible the thing person. With cop- cops are cops, man. Right, right. Yeah. And so Villanueva comes in, he's elected, right, and he just goes kind of ape shit, right? Yeah. Like throughout his tenure, there's honestly too much and that's probably another whole pod episode but some of the highlights for me are you know the press conferences that he would hold at the hall of justice where he would like target journalists who were reporting against him activists like he would have printouts of like their photos and like trying to like make very public enemies intimidating them he also like protected and empowered deputy gangs so Mm -hmm. if you have not heard of like the google lasd gangs movement one Google LASD gangs, um, and you'll learn about, like, just how widespread deputy gangs are within the L.A. County Sheriff's. There's, and there's so much. In addition to Googling LASD gangs, I highly recommend, and we'll put in the show notes, Mm -hmm. um, Sharice Castle is a local journalist. She did a 15-part series with Knock LA, an amazing um, journalism outlet um, called The Tradition of Violence. I highly recommend if you're interested and want to know more about how deep this whole web of of deputy gangs in the LA County Sheriff's Go. Check out uh, Tradition of Violence. It's really good. Mm. Kevin Flores from our own team here at Fourth mm. was on um, one of the recent episodes talking about Chief Luna. So please do go listen. It's really, really good. Yeah. This shit's legitimately scary, dude. It's terrifying, right? So two examples that I think are actually worth mentioning to how much like Villanueva empowered these fools, right? Yeah. Is like one, um, so the Benditos are a well-known deputy gang in East LA. Mm. Um, you know, so there was a lot of efforts that he did to try and, um, like very overtly succeeded to like be able to make their presence known in the, in the substations in East LA, like have them be very visible. Um, more, uh, I think just horribly, um, a few years ago, the murder, uh, there was a murder of Andres Guardado. Mm -hmm. He was murdered by an uh, LA County Sheriff's deputy and it came out over time because of whistleblowers that the person uh, who, the deputy who shot um, and killed Andres was trying to be initiated into a deputy gang called the Executioners, where their whole process is like you have to murder someone mm-hmm. like while on duty. And it's, that's how you become part of the deputy gang. It's like, oh, and now we have a, a reform commissioner or whatever the fuck, so we can give him a letter grade? Yeah. Like, what the fuck, dude? And so the funniest <laughs> thing, right? Like, so he's been, and, an oh, it also capped, anyway. right? Like, towards the, like, the, a month ago, um, it capped where he, Sheila Kuehl is one of the LA County supervisors who's on her, on her way out. Sheila Kuehl? Sheila Kuehl. Okay. Um, he's, she's been one of the most vocal opponents to Sheriff Villanueva. Oh, right. He actually goes and gets a judge who's his friend to get a warrant and actually <laughs> raids her home. I saw this shit. <laughs> it's it was, deeply, it's, it's fucked up, but it's also just like, yo, this guy is unhinged. It's unhinged, but it's also like, it's also like, it's it's not out of nowhere. He feels like he can do this because he's a cop. So leading up to this election, Chief uh, Robert Luna, who is uh, the previous police chief of Long Beach Police Department, mm. again, coming back onto the stage, yeah. he's retired. He decides to run for LA County Sheriff. Yeah. So Villanueva's like, there's no way that like, I'm, you know, I'm still going to be reelected, da, 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 all this yeah. stuff. And actually polling shows like, actually, he's doing really horrible. He's doing really right? bad. Like, like Luna was like gaining on him. Yeah, and so Mister like aligning himself with like Trump and that like primarily the yeah. base of Villanueva are like Trumpers in LA County. Yeah, so it was a really funny moment where, where he starts going on this campaign because he knows he's losing, yeah. trying to attack uh, attach Robert Luna to Trump, and he ends up pissing off all of his like base of his voters, base and of they voters. start clapping back at him, saying like, "Really anti-Trump? You lost me now." Oh my god. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. So this shit is like if a month ago, if we would have recorded something about Villanueva, I would be I would be scared to put it out legitimately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's fucking. He's on. He's he's sending. He goes after people. So what happened he's now? Petty. Villanueva has again, as of the date of this recording, results haven't been certified, but there is such a massive yeah, gap. There's no that way. Chief, uh, former Long Beach Police yeah. Chief Robert Luna is he's now going to be the new sheriff. Yeah. <laughs> 
and and everything's gonna be okay. No. But on top, oh, I'm not done. But on top of yeah, that, yeah, yeah, Villanueva yeah. was absolutely so horrible that the LA County Board of Supervisors put a ballot measure before all LA County voters mm-hmm. to be able to give them the power. It was Measure A okay. to give the LA County Board of Supervisors the ability to like remove a sheriff that if is elected countywide. Oh god! Right? I mean, like that is just how bad. And the measure passed. Measure A passed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I just think it's so wild to think about. That's that, what it took. This is what right? it took. Because there were people who are like, you know, this is our like civic duty, da da da. But there's um, obviously a majority of yeah. LA County voters were like, no, like this get, is. Get this motherfucker out of here. <laughs> also, the other part I want to say is like, damn, we couldn't do that before. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah. It is easier to fucking win the lottery than it is a fi- <laughs> to fire a cop. But I think, you know, I mean, this is a really good point that like never in, I mean, like, it's it's wrong to say that in the history of Los Angeles County, we never had like a, a corrupt or a, yeah, no, a bad no, sheriff. no, no. I'm pretty sure cops have only gotten bad in the last twenty years. <laughs> Before that, it was smooth sailing. But I mean, at least beyond, I never heard about it. Beyond the election, right? There's no way to check this the the, the sheriff and hold them accountable, right? Yeah. In this kind of way, and so yeah. I think for this, and just let me give you some perspective on it too, because I geek out sure. and nerd out about how about Los Angeles County. That's what we love about you. It's that's <laughs> what we need. Honestly, if you ever want to. Get me excited. Talk to me about, ask me questions about LA County. So the LA County Board of Supervisors, five people, right? Each of them um, represent 2 million people. Like that is an insane amount of people. It's so so much much power. power. They're literally, literally called like the five kings, right? Or at this point, five queens. Oh my God. Hey. Hey. Representation. Or whatever. Um, But like, just to give you an example, that's 10 million people in LA County, right? If Los Angeles County was a state, we would rank as the 11th most populous state between Michigan and New Jersey. Yeah. Like it is insane the amount of power that they have. And I just now like this, this speaks, I think, to the fact that how unchecked the sheriff went, Villanueva mm-hmm. went, and just how bad it was that the voters were like, you know what, y'all, y'all, you fight people. Yes, if it gets worse, Wait, if it gets do bad, what you gotta get, do. Get fucking rid of this. Do guy. what you gotta do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh. I think overall, you know, it's not necessarily. I also want to be really clear. Like, I don't think that like everything's gonna be necessarily okay. No. Quote unquote. Like you've you've been in the room with Chief Luna, <laughs> and he says some shit to your fucking face that is like. Ew, like I fucking... really wanted to save this for another episode, but no, I have to but... if, if, if digress with me. Yes. I'll never forget one of the community meetings that I was at with some community members we were mm. organizing with, mm. and Chief Luna was there. We were He was really upset about Proposition 47 that had just passed, which was reclassified a bunch of low-level nonviolent felonies and misdemeanors. Yeah. So it was justice reform, right? Yeah. And um, he was really upset about it. We're you know having this like very civil argument, and then we started to get into it. He was like huffing and puffing. Yeah. And finally, at the end, he goes, you know what? It's it's just that it's different times. You know, back in the day, take Drake Park, for instance. Drake Park has always been really difficult. Back in the day, we could just enforce curfews. And if it was after, you know, 9 p.m., we could just pick up people and put them in jail and everything was fine. Oh, Things were great. Matt, yeah, cool. Cool and dude. I'm like, you're dead ass telling us right now that your solution is just to put people in jail if they're out after dark? Yeah. Dude, that's why that's why when we talk <laughs> when we talk about fucking cops, it's like it really is a pick your poison situation, man, because this shit needs to be abolished. I like, will also point out that Mr. Chief Luna, right, yeah. was the police chief as the whole Tiger Tech scandal unfolded. All that shit. The, right? the Tiger, Tiger Text for a brief thing, it's like the text app that deletes your text, and yes, they're using it to be like yes. all sorts of shit. Like and the, the police officers in, in the Long Beach Police Department were actually instructed to like use this when there are yes. sensitive matters. Yes. Right? Including yeah. police involved shootings. Yes. So like Al Jazeera did a whole investigation and of it. point out yeah. like you know Long Beach Police Department is a big department. Chief Luna is now former Chief Luna is now stepping in to right. a department that is seven times bigger than the Long Beach Police Department. Yeah, the deputies are clearly running amok with gangs. Like he's gonna have zero trust. Like no, this is I'm just to be clear. Like yeah, Villanueva was bad, but like I'm not hopeful. No, <laughs> it's until of... we get rid of these fuckers or and, de- like fucking right. take I don't know take a penny away. 
away from their budget. Like, And I think it speaks to the point, the broader point that I want to say here, right, is that, like, it's really clear that people want something different. People yes. understand that policing right now, yes. as it is set up, yes. is not working. Yeah. And I think, unfortunately, or just the way our electoral system is built and that kind of landscape, yeah. we're not going to get the real change that we need. I think overall, and yeah. we've talked about it on this pod, right, we as a society are just too reliant on policing that it's mm-hmm. going to be our answers to everything, yeah. to poverty, mm-hmm. to mental health issues, right? To crime. Yeah. When in reality, like, police are not the answer to that. No, no. Right? We have no, like, social safety net, not only in this country, but Fuck in no. our community. <laughs> Fuck no, dude. Right? Like, we have we have some help, but clearly the medicine isn't strong enough. No. Right? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've heard recently, I just, I don't know. I... We need to give people housing and we've got these people coming out. Right, like, like, right. Oh, rent control, that's a fucking evil thing or whatever. We we've had got COVID-19 came <laughs> onto the scene and the answer was like, more police, more right? Police. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I remember tweeting once. I was like, yeah. why? We can't shoot Rona. I like know. You said that on the episode too. <laughs> I know exactly. It makes no sense to me. No, it's, it's, uh, I can't. So I, w- I want to- Move on. Yes. <laughs> Move so on. <laughs> I do want to, before, like, it's all doom and gloom. I've had a lot of fun she's making all of sure, this. Sure, sure. I do want to share one thing, one extra bonus thing that is giving okay. me a little hope. Okay. So, in this uh, Long Beach election. Yeah, so. we got our gay mayor in the Ralph Sawyer Club. No, 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 no. <laughs> I want to talk about our new council member elect in Long Beach's ninth district, mm. Joni Ricks Odie. Yes. So, I'm actually really excited. I voted for her. Yay! Yeah, so, you did! That's yeah, right! Yeah. Right before, before you moved. <laughs> right before so. I moved. <laughs> So let me give you some quick context just about the 9th District, because I'll also point out that the 9th District is the district that Rex Richardson, who's now our mayor-elect, or about to be our Mm -hmm. mayor-elect, represents, and he's coming from, which is a big deal. Like, we haven't really had somebody from North Long Beach in this kind of, like, seat of power. Yeah. So a little bit of context. North Long Beach is in the 90805 zip code, so Mm -hmm. we're talking about way up to the little little cap of Long Beach, right? Paramount and Belfar, almost. North Long Beach in that zip code is like 93% people of color mm. um, uh, in in the community. And the North Long Beach also has the largest number of black residents in the city. Mm. Um, the ninth district and, and North Long Beach also is 69% um, Latino as well. So this is a very, very diverse city, right? Yeah, yeah. According to the census, 30% of people in North Long Beach are foreign-born. So mm. we're talking about a huge immigrant population. Sure. And nearly 20% are uh, people in poverty, right? Yeah. So just to give you an example, right, poverty, the poverty line in California is 37000 annually for a family of four, right? So we're talking about 37, like— 37000 for a family of four? 37000 for a family of four. Aye, aye, aye. So, like, there's a lot of, like, a lot of opportunity. Right, I yeah. think in in this district, and so here you have somebody um, uh, coming in, Joni Ricks Odie, who just won the runoff election. Joni is really interesting. Joni is currently uh, the director of the UCI Center for Statistical Consulting. She has a PhD mm. in epidemiology, which, which huge is... stand of epidemiology. Oh, yeah, is sorry, the study. I was like, oh, it's the stu- no, no, great question. <laughs> it's the study of how like disease spreads across communities, oh, right? So that like, will never be relevant here. <laughs> <laughs> never, right? <laughs> never. Um, she is also though the chair of the planning commission. The planning commission okay. in the city has like the power and authority to like figure out like different developments that get built or what mm. gets permitted, mm. setting like all the rules for development and zoning gotcha, in the gotcha, city. Gotcha. Um, she's also the first black woman elected in the ninth district, um, mm. and the first black woman elected to city council since Doris Topsy Elvard back in 1990. So, Ooh, you know, I've been in politics <laughs> for a while, but no, like, for sure. I think, and I say that because I think what's really interesting about her story yeah. is, and that, and that I want to highlight that gives me a lot of hope too, mm. is that one of her primary motivations for running for city office that yeah. she talks about, she talked about a lot on the campaign sure, trail sure. was the birth of her daughter mm. because she, as a black woman, um, was um, in and out of the hospital. She, um, after a lot of back and forth, was discharged and a mere two hours later, she ended up giving birth to her daughter in the parking lot of the hospital. Oh, yeah, and it, yeah. for her, it highlighted so much of like the struggle that black women <sighs> specifically have in terms of infant mortality rates, right? Doctors are so terrible to women and they're even worse to black women. Yeah. I've, I've heard that experience from a lot of friends. Uh, and, and a lot of people... Like, 
Yeah. A lot of people actually don't know, like, you know, credit where credit is due. Long Beach, our health department actually has its own Black Infant Health Program, Mm. where it's all about giving, um, like, specialized support to Mm. um, Black mothers of infants, right? To ensure that, like, they can increase, like, we prevent um, further infant mortality, right? Yeah, 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 I mean, yeah. like, and I, I remember like conversations I've had with um, with other folks that like they had no idea that like the infant mortality rates, specifically among Black babies, was so mm-hmm. high. Yeah, um, you know, and I think that's like that's legit. Like, it's not just like circumstance. Yeah, no. About, like when we talk about like racism and yeah. stuff like that and its effects. Yeah, like the <laughs> there's a tweet I saw is like the worst girl you know from high school is a nurse now, like or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I feel like a lot of like doctors and nurses, like they're you know people, and America has a lot of racist people, and a lot yeah. of people don't like. There was that study that came out that but was also, like saying doctors don't realize that black people experience pain the same way white people do. Yeah, like, yes, and on top of the uh, fact that like, you think about so many of the like the social determinants, all these other factors in terms of economics, right? In terms mm-hmm. of like housing, mm-hmm. all these other stressors, specifically on black mothers, yeah. right? That has an outcomes not only on the mother's health but on the infant's health. Yeah. Like, it's just so... I mean, we talked about climate change and stuff like that. And the 9th District, the 710 borders it along with yeah. the 91 on there. So that's yeah. all that smog. It, it contributes to the, the the risk of lung cancer as you get older, all that stuff. Right, like exactly. Exactly. So I, I think, you know, I want to highlight that because I think there's a really, there's a lot of promise. Like, Joni had a really, has a really good progressive platform, right? Mm. She understands this whole angle of systemic racism. Um, she campaigned a lot on it. Um, and the, especially with, we mentioned Rex Richardson now becoming, something into this mayor role, right? We're going to yeah. have, there's going to be like somebody looking out for North Long Beach, right? And I think those kinds of yeah. um, interests, right? It's not going to be, like I said, it's not going to be a, a one and done, right? No. Like I think that's, yeah, no, I mean, I joked earlier, but it's like liberals vote and then they go to sleep for two years and then they don't <laughs> engage in anything. I don't know. And you know, I think overall, like, so that's what I'm excited for. But before we end, I just want to, you know, I think wrap up and say that like, Voting to me is always like really special because I think about like, you know, my own childhood growing up, Mm. my, both my parents had the privilege to vote. And I always Mm. remember like, you know, my parents worked like a a ton, right? Like I actually spent a lot of time alone and the few times that they took time off, we got to spend together was really precious to me. But, you know, I always remember my mom on election day taking time off during her lunch break to pick me up and we go to the polls and I was always so excited, right? And I say that. uh, That's (laughs) so like cute and nerdy and like. Also very much you. <laughs> yeah. And I and I remember, like, I took a lot of that, too, not only into my own work in organizing, right? Mm. But also, like, for, for fun fact for me, for a short time, I worked for the Democratic Party. <laughs> but we also talked, we did, like, door-to-door voter registration. Mm. And we talked about how voting is a learned behavior, right? Yeah. Like, it's not something that you're just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to vote. And everybody gets that across all of our differences, mm. right? Like, I say all of that because, like, that was really important to me and mm. it got me into organizing, but it is not the sole thing that I was yes. like, oh, okay. I just voted and then I just, and you know. And then you can kick back and relax yeah. and chill. Well, love- it's also a thing of like, I, I think a lot of people don't, ex- when we say like, oh, and you guys don't vote or whatever, it's like they're not examining why people don't vote. It's, yeah. It's very easy to feel like the apathy of, of and the struggle, like, yeah. like voting for sheriff, like, you know, like right. that's like. And that's legit. Let me give you some important, right? Because like in organizing, we always talk about scale, right? This Mm. idea of like the place and scale is really important, right? So let me give you an example. Like I mentioned earlier, there's 10 million people in Los Angeles County. That's a lot of people, right? The electorate, the people who actually can vote is about half that. It's like roughly 5.5 million, right? And then as of today of our recording, voter turnout in this um, midterm election in LA County was about 27%. Yeah. It's like 1.5 million people, right? So 73% or about 4 million people are eligible and didn't, right? right? Right. For whatever reason. I'm not here to shame anybody. Well, here's the other thing. Like, voting should be a fucking national holiday. People are working and shit, you know? Capitalism has us all down. And I think there have been good efforts, like, you know, to try and expand voting times, different ways, but everybody gets a ballot, right? But, like, where everything that we're talking about, all these power and decisions are being made by less than a quarter of the population, right? And I think, I just, I just, my, my good instinct, I, 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 I 
point out these things because I I cannot stand the finger waggy energy of oh, somebody 100%. being percent and it's like exactly yeah I vote every year you know I vote whenever I, every time I can well and I throw out these numbers I mean to your point exactly because yeah. I I saw a tweet recently that I had shared that um, was really good talking about and this was a tweet from anxious rage at on Twitter <laughs> at yeah. anxious rage talking about we need more I'm voting and yeah, right yeah. like voting is one tool to fight fascism, racism, all these different things. And it's weakened due to voter suppression, mm-hmm. access, misinformation, for sure, right? Yeah. But what comes after the and helps moves us towards a better future. Literally. So they point out, like, it's I'm voting and giving to abortion funds. I'm voting and learning about abolition. I'm voting and engaging in mutual aid. Mm-hmm. Like, doing all these things that, like, you have to continue that work. Yeah. And we all have to continue organizing yeah. after the election. I mean, the thing I always go back to when I think about organizing in general, and I'm a quote-unquote battle organizer because I don't—I'm <laughs> not as involved as I should be and all that stuff. But what it comes down to, truly, half of these pod episodes yeah. come down to you saying that. <laughs> yeah, literally me going like, "Well, I'm not doing it." But well, but it is a thing of like you should learn your neighbor's name and you should figure out yeah. what your block is and and start there and just yeah. like understand that that's what community is like. It goes down to that and that yeah. the the homeless people on the corner, the houseless folks, like right. they're that's your community too. Yeah, because you know? like at the end of the day, it's fun to cheese me about all these elections and all. So I had a great is it time fun? About Are you this. having fun? I do. I generally do. And like, I got I, scared with the V and the Memo shit, man. That but like, shit is scary. I love you know voting is one tool Dark. and a strategy of many. I love that Sonia Renee Taylor of uh, uh, a well-known abolition organizer talks about how voting should be a tool in your toolbox, right? Yeah. Like you know people. People have legitimate reasons why they may not vote or why they can't even vote because of their status or whatnot. Yeah. You know, if we can, I personally believe, like, we should if we have the privilege to. Yeah. But also understand, like, it's bigger than just that. Yeah. It's bigger. It's got You know, be. it's it's not only the work after. It's the rhetoric. It's the ideas that we talked about, like, from Mr. Patton before. And yeah. so there's so much work to do. So much work to do. Gosh. But we got we to gotta keep going. Yeah. So. If you're listening to this and if you're just like, dang, this election was a mess, <laughs> do your part in the next four years. You yeah. Know, we got uh, between now and the next thing. Yeah. We gotta do something. And actually in two years we'll have elections for um the other city council seats as well. Oh, yeah. So all the even numbers. It'll be coming up. So <sighs> do your stops. part <laughs> and get organized. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, you can follow us at LB Cheesman on Instagram and Long Beach Cheesman on Twitter. If you have any questions, comments, or follow-ups yourself, you can message us at those socials at lbcheesman at gmail.com. Long Beach Cheesman is brought to you in collaboration with Forth.org, a home for Long Beach grassroots art and media. If you're interested in supporting watchdog journalism Imas, you can donate to the Forth via you can donate to Fourth via Patreon <laughs> at patreon.com slash F-O-R-T-H-E-L-B-C. I'm looking for, also, if you can spend some time today, just do a review. Drop a review. We had some nice comments. Smash that like button. button. Smash that like button. Subscribe. <laughs> tell your friends. Um, yeah, all that good stuff. Like, please, please, please tell people about it. It's 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 really nice hearing people like the podcast. And I've actually had run-ins with people, like, I'll be in a thing. And then somebody's like, oh, I love the podcast. And I'm like, I don't, that's crazy. You're, I don't even know you. <laughs> <laughs> so do, they really come nice. up to, do they come up to you and be like, are you the dumb one? Are you the dumb one? Yeah. yeah. No, no. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm the post-production queen. You're okay? like, I'm the one that can count. <laughs> I'm the one that I know things that aren't political, okay? Oh my gosh. Anyway, I've been Daniel Spear. And I'm James Swazo. Stay queer and stay radical. Bye-bye. Good night, li- good night, liberals. Vote good and, night. Vote and. See you in two vote years, liberals. And. Good night. <laughs>